Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. Josh Brisbane, he is a fellow mastermind of me, uh, Mark DM, Mark Evans mastermind, shout out to him. But more importantly, he is the founder of the Savage Syndicate Group. He is teaching your average gentleman and lady how to be hard to kill in every situation and be aware of where they stand on the food chain and how to make them a little bit more comfortable and aware of their surroundings. So God forbid they ever do get into some sort of altercation. They won't be not the first time that they get into that. And I think it's a really cool premise that we talk a lot about. While he spends his days training people how to be hard to kill or spending his time in a crowd with God studio on a jiu-jitsu mat, he also is the host of the Savage Waterman podcast where he has great business guys on, real estate guys on, Ian McCall, Chris Lieben, all kinds of really great uh, MMA and martial artists as well that you should definitely check out and he also spends his time surfing so awesome stuff he's got the happy beach five clothing brand he has literally trademarked the chakra so definitely check that out you'll see all the links to follow him his social media his podcast and pick up some really comfortable gear that you guys can wear especially if you're spending your days on the beach check out josh brisbane and check out all the links in our social media and while you're there nick nick nick.com slash links is all the ways to follow me and this podcast so please Follow the A-Game podcast on any platforms you guys get your podcasts on, including YouTube. You can literally find it anywhere through the links on nicknicknick.com slash links. And you will also see all of my social media. Please follow me on social media from Instagram to TikTok to wherever social media is your preference. I am on there and I'm always sharing clips and tips from the guests of this podcast, as well as stuff that I can share on my real estate ventures and jiu-jitsu journeys around the country. Even just a little bit of a share, a like, tagging a friend, giving a thumbs up, doing a chakra, a little bit of interaction really goes a long way. So I'd really appreciate it if you guys could follow and just interact a little bit on social media when I post clips like I will from this show with Josh, because it will continue to let the guests know that people are looking, people are liking, people are listening, and we'll be able to keep bringing on high-level guests and great information for you guys for absolutely free by making the guests feel the love. If you are interested in investing in real estate, Definitely check with me because we can figure out ways to get involved together, whether it is you buying properties from me, whether you're selling properties to me, or us finding a way to partner on some deals on some level, shoot me a text message, 516-540-5733. Again, it's 516-540-5733. Just text me the word real estate and I will take the conversation from there. And if you're looking for a way to bring more value to your buyers, go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets. And you will get a free checklist on all the ways to bring value to your buyers, whether you're a real estate wholesaler, real estate agent, or real estate broker. Please check out thegeek.com slash links as well for all of our sponsors. If you're looking for money, click on Marianne. She will get you the best rates and terms for your real estate deals. Tell her the A-Game Podcast sent you. Naked Warrior Recovery CBD. If you are a savage syndicate, your body is probably beat up from surfing or jujitsu or boxing or construction, whatever it may be doing. 
Go check out Naked Warrior Recovery CBD owned by a Navy SEAL, William Brandon, handling out of Hawaii. Put in promo code AGAME to get 20% off any and all products on that site. I highly recommend them. I use them myself. I think they're outstanding. If you would like a VA, check out Reva Global through our links. And if you would like to start a podcast or promote your podcast, go check out Zachary Badcock's group as well. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for connecting. Josh Brisbane, great guy. I had an awesome time hanging out with in Cleveland. I had a great time talking to him on the podcast. You guys are awesome. Go do some real estate. Go do some jiu-jitsu. Go surf. Go be a savage. Click subscribe. Let me know what you guys need. And I have a Facebook group. If you guys want to go click on there and let me know what other guests you would like or what questions you have, and I will make sure I answer them on this podcast. All right, my guest today on the A-Game podcast is the host of the Savage Waterman podcast, the creator and founder of the Savage Syndicate Group, which is a mastermind as well as a lifestyle, as you're going to start to see. He specializes in taking the average man and making him hard to kill through martial arts and mental toughness. He is also branding a clothing, the Happy Beach Buy, because he loves to not only hurt people, but he also loves to teach them how to defend themselves and then relax on the beach in a nice surfboard. So he brings it all together, hailing out of Southern California, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Josh Brisbane. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast, sir. Man, thank you, Nick. I have a book coming out, and I think I'm going to have you write the intro. That was awesome. I love it. Happy, happy to do it, my friend. Happy to do it. So we were, uh, you know, I I do this sometimes where I have to, I start recording a little bit after because a lot of the stuff we're talking about, we probably should have been recording. But we started kind of getting into a little bit about our jiu-jitsu and training partners. And shout out to my buddy, Mike Seidel, who's coming out to you in a little bit too. But uh, for people who aren't 100% familiar with you yet, talk a little bit about who you are and where you came from. Yeah, so I... Man, we'll go back to how I got into fighting. We'll leave the boring stuff out of it. But uh, me and my buddy used to box a lot. We would do the prison style and prison styles neck below because we all had jobs, right? We didn't want to come in with busted lips. I saved that for afterwards, but um, popped his ribs or something. He was hurt and he was a server. And so he couldn't carry his tray, right? And the manager of the bar, the restaurant he was working at said, what's going on, man? Why can't you do your job properly? He says, oh, I busted my ribs. He says, man, and he, and he asked him, he said, oh, me and my buddy were boxing. He says, boxing, you probably suck. Come into my place. And so, you know, the guy told me and we went and it wasn't even a gym. It was a gymnasium at a, at a local high school out in Long Beach, California. Um, he knew the principal. He had the keys. So I was like, ah, we'll go there one night. And so we went and it turns out this guy was an Olympic judo guy. So he had just created a fight team, a group of guys who just went to this gym and every night at seven o'clock, we would go over there and we learned we'd had Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys come in. We had um, um, judo. We had Muay Thai. We had just this guy was so well known. He was connected with King of the Cage, which is uh, I mean, if you're into fighting, it's kind of like the minor leagues for it's like a farming system for UFC. Uh, so we had a connection there. And so everybody knew who he was. And we just had some killers come through that group. So we went to that fight, uh, that that one fight night and. My boy didn't really like it. He's like, screw this. I don't want to get any part of this. This is brutal. I loved it, right? I walked in there, no neck, 225, 6'2", thinking I was a badass. And as many of you know, like you, Nick, and you know people who know how fighting, I got humbled. I got ragdolled. I got tied up. I got choked out. I, I, you know, I was just, to me, I was amazed. I was humbled. I loved it. I didn't get angry. I didn't like, oh, how, you know, screw these guys. I looked at it as like, I just, you know, I was a sponge, do more, show me more. How can I elevate my fight game? Because I, you know, I took some, I did some boxing, but I didn't do jujitsu at all. I had no ground game. I had, you know, what I thought was a good striking game until I met these guys. 
so I did that for years. Uh, we did, I did some smoker fights. We would fight other, um, I don't know what you call them. It's just fight studios or gyms because this is early, this is early 2006, late 99. Um, so it wasn't even legal in California. So we had to call them smoker fights, um, where, so that we didn't get, you know, California on our ass. And then, um, I, I did that for many years. I got married. So I kind of fell off the, the fight scene of that. And then I picked up Krav Maga. Um, I had a fight mentor and we just went at it and we would spar all the time. And then he had keys to a Krav studio. And he says, why don't you just come in there and we'll just keep sparring. I said, okay. Well, then I was sparring in there and my son was enrolled in the classes of Krav. And kind of like what you mentioned in the beginning, I'm the happy surfer, chill guy. And so when I took him to class, I was always in flip-flops and board shorts, backwards hat, chilling. And my uh, fight mentor was in the other room and he had a private and he says, hey, Josh, can you come over and spar? And I always keep a mouthpiece in my center console of my car. Just You never know when somebody's going to ask you if you want to spar. Um, so I said, yeah. And I kicked off my flip-flops, grabbed my mouthpiece and I sparred. Um, didn't know anybody was watching, but the owner of the fight studio of Krav, he, he came up to me the next couple of days and he's like, who the hell are you? I said, what do you mean? He says, I thought you were the lazy surf bum dad over here watching your son, but I watched you on the video because he had security cameras. He says, you know what you're doing? I says, yeah, I kind of been in the game for a little bit. He says, you got to come to Krav. And I didn't know anything about Krav. I just, it wasn't on my radar. I just, you know, I got my son involved because the guy was there. Um, so I, I got in the system. That was my first time with a belt system because like I was doing at that fight studio, we didn't have any, you know, ceremonies there was no belts it was like you just beat this guy high five let's go have a beer um i was never in the belt system at all so that's like when i was doing nogi jujitsu uh, um i just now kind of you know going a little ahead i'm just now in the belt system with 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 the gi um so i didn't have any belts i didn't have any accolades i just knew i could fight um and so i got into krav maga and he's like all right here you go and i'm like well, what do you even do with this and i put on a white belt and I asked my fight mentor, I'm like, am I a white belt? And he's like, we all got to start somewhere. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so because I was all the experience, I, you know, I was trained with the black belts and all that. And I got really into it. Um, I got pretty high, not really high up, but I got enough to where I was, I was loving it. And I took a bunch of tactical trainings. Um, I'm, a, I'm a really good fighter. My shooting game always needs improvement. So I took shooting courses, tactical training. I was done with the, you know, Hey, I wasn't hanging out in bars or anything. So I won. I can knew, I know I can handle myself one-on-one. -on -one. If you, whatever reason I got to put the hands up and we got to fight, I'm pretty sufficient. But I liked Krav because it was scenario-based training. If I'm at an ATM with my family um, and a guy, an attacker comes from here, what do we do? And so my fight mentor, I'd always ask him these questions and we would just run scenarios and, you know, uh, carjackings, kidnappings, multiple attackers. That's the kind of fighting that I liked now as an older guy. Because I'm not hanging out in bars. I'm not hanging out in, in places that, why are you looking at me? Oh, okay, let's, you know, that, that's not my life. Um, so then I moved from that place and I went to Cabo. Uh, you know, we had a fight team out there that I would train with and there's really good guys out there. And then I moved back to California. And now I'm at where I'm at now, which is Peaceful Warrior Jiu-Jitsu in Dana Point. And I'm a white belt. I've been doing it for Ooh, uh, since March, however many months that is, we're in, we're in August, and I absolutely love it. Um, so that's kind of my 20 plus years of fighting. I mean, pepper in boxing matches, sparring, all this other stuff, but that's it in a nutshell. So I started out the fight studio, did some Krav, now I'm into jiu-jitsu, gi jiu-jitsu, and I absolutely love it. 
um, and with all that tactical training and shooting, I just want to be like the you like the intro hard to kill, right? I mean, I'm 47. I have a wife and a son. He's nine years old, and my mentality now is like I mentioned, I'm not looking to go be the baddest guy at the restaurant. I'm not walking in puffed up like, hey, let's go, you know, come mess with me. My main goal is to come home at night with my family. And if we're out and about that, they're safe, right? So I want to make sure that I have all the skills and all, all the training and taking all my 20 plus years of getting my teeth kicked in and now use that to protect my family because that's the number one goal for me. I love that, man. And I think it's uh, interesting on a few levels. One, for, for people that are listening, definitely check the, the show notes for this and you'll see in Josh's profiles for social media, he asks a lot of people like myself, like Pablo Castro, Mark Evans, Sean Whalen, like he's always asking people about like how important their self-defense is. And I think that that's like one of the things that is most important, aside from when people are like, oh, oh, you do UFC, you do the UFC, you do train UFC, and they really have like no idea what any of it actually is. I think the bare minimum, that's really funny. I, I just had this conversation, but definitely check out in the social media. The I think it's always interesting to hear like the same message from different people where it starts to like click and be like, oh, okay, maybe there is something here. But who was I talking to yesterday? Oh, I was talking to Matt Brown. I had Matt Brown on yesterday. He's freaking awesome, dude. So guy is intense, man. He's so intense. Yeah. It's freaking cool, though. Amazing story. But I had him on it. We were talking about how like, you know, dude, if, if you were a, a lawyer or an engineer or, I mean, a pilot, name your profession, something that I know nothing about, mm-hmm. what would make me think that I could show up at your job and do it better than you? And then fighting, literally, it's people's job. They train it all day, every day for a living. And the average guy gets drunk and thinks he can beat that person up. And I'm like, this is no different than you showing up and saying, I'll fly the plane. Do you have any experience flying a plane? No, but I watch I watch people fly planes on YouTube all the time. Like most people have never actually been in a fight or they haven't been in a fight with anybody who knows how to fight or doesn't think that there's a bouncer or a teacher or a school ground, whatever, that's going to come break it up. So I yeah. don't know where the majority of people get off thinking that they would do okay in a fight. And the yeah. first time you find out, you don't want to really, because we both know it's not going to go how you plan in your head. If you have no experience, it's, it's not what the movie you're playing. You're, you're not Steven Seagal. You're not, Jay, it's not going to happen. So yeah. finding that out when you're getting robbed that is uh, an ATM or your family's in danger on these things, like if nothing else, it's like, Dude, go to a gym, go to a local gym and see what it's like to even go at like 10% with somebody who actually knows how to fight. The adrenaline of just even the other guys in the room watching you, the the fight or flight, like the being able to stay calm, the being able to take a punch, like it is totally different. So I love what you're doing because the very base level of it, I think having a foundation that people start to understand how low they actually are on the food chain, they all need to be humble like that and then make that choice of like, now I'm actually aware of where I stand. How do I get better? How am I more aware? Yeah. yeah and, and you know, just as well as I do, it's surprising how many people, I mean, I just saw something on Instagram. My buddy always sends me these rough and rowdy fights. There was a guy, no neck. I mean, he looked jacked, right? He probably lived a thousand pounds and that's awesome. He went into this fight and rough and rowdy is like where they pick the most barstool random guys and I don't know <laughs> in there. But he, he looked apart, right? He looked like he was ready for a 300 movie, right? He went in there and the first hit, he was like, <laughs> I was like dude, how could a guy, I mean, he, he's literally gotten by just on his looks alone, right? Because obviously the other guy wasn't in shape or a fighter either. But as soon as that fist came, he didn't know what the hell to do. 
And so that's my goal, right? And I agree with you. Like I, I really preach get hit in the face in a controlled environment before it happens in the street or somebody wants your money or something, because, you know, we never know if we have fight or flight. I was talking to Mike Fallot about this. Um, you know, how can you tell if you have fight or flight? Uh, Henry Rollins from Black Flag, and he's a pretty badass dude, right? You look at him, you're like, oh, this guy's a, a badass punk rocker. And he did a documentary, I forget what it's called, but he was interested. What what signs or what kind of tells are there if you have fight or flight? And so he did, did a whole documentary. He had doctors, he had chemists, like, what is it? And he, at the end, he says, okay, I did the test. And we did, do I have fight or flight? And the doctor said, well, you have flight. And he was blown away, as was I. I was like, holy crap, like somebody who you think is a badass, who's been in fights, who's done all that stuff, has that flight mentality or that chemistry in his body where their instinct is to run, right? And I'm not saying that's bad or good. I'm not saying be a hero. But what I am saying is get in a controlled environment, make that first step into a gym and for one, blow all the stigma of fighters away. And it's not, it's, they're not going to jump you at the door, throw smoke grenades, totally attack you. Um, we, we both know that it's the most humbling, respectful, generous people community that you can be involved in. And they're going to walk you in there and say, what are your goals? What are you looking for? How, how can we help you? And then at whatever level you want to do it, you need to get hit in the face. And it, it sounds more barbaric, bar, more barbaric than it is. But you'll have a mouthpiece, you'll have headgear, and you're going to start, right, with a little hit, a little hit, a little. But you need to get clocked because I don't, I guarantee you, I can't guarantee this, but I have been hit in a, a cage or ring or in, wherever I've been in my fight career harder than some knucklehead out in the street right now who doesn't know how to throw a punch, right? These guys I fought know how to throw a punch. They've worked on technique. They've worked on this a thousand times. I put myself in those situations. A, I got into it because I loved it. But now B, I've done that and I can use it now to protect my family because nobody in the street is going to hit me harder than some of these guys I've fought or that I roll or spar with on a daily basis. And so I think it's crucial for men as protectors and women. You know, I don't, I'm not saying women can't get in it. Obviously, there's badass women fighters. But as a protector of a family... You need to get that experience. You need to get hit in the face. You need to know on the ground, right? What I don't know what the percentage is, but most fights end up on the ground. You need to know body control, weight distribution. You need to know this and that, and and people don't. And so that is another one of my goals is just the basics, right? So um, we're gonna have a gentleman might come out here. I'm gonna teach him ground control. It's not about arm bars and 50 different ways you can snap an arm. It's about control, right? It's about leveraging your weight and your body. Um, I, I do this all the time. I do tactical trainings. I'm amazed. Like people go out there and they're very low level, but I'm amazed that some basic big guys don't know how to use their weight in, to their benefit. They're just, once they hit the ground, they're like a wet blanket that you can just really move around and just kind of throw around. And, you know, I give kudos to those guys that are in that class because they're making that first step. But there's so many people out there that don't know the basics of striking ground game and shit run away, right? If there's no shame in running. And if you can't, I posted this the other day, if you can't run a mile without leaning over and grabbing your knees and, and sucking on wind, you're, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage. You're giving these people, these assholes in the world who want to do you harm. You're saying here, here's a head start. I'm out of shape. I don't know how to hit. I don't know how to do anything on the ground. Here, attack me. 
Like, why would you want to do that? In business, we all want to level up. We all want to drive the Lambos and all that fun stuff. And we want to excel and we want to go to mastermind groups. I don't know why people wouldn't want to do that in their physicality part, in their self-defense part, in their shooting. Sharpen your, your sword any way you can because it may never come. But damn it, I want to be well prepared if that day ever comes. And I want to know how to do it instead of that day does come. And I'm just like, oh, shit, here's my money. Here's my wife and kid. Yeah. I can cuss on here, but fuck no, I'm not doing that. I'm going out on my shield. And, you know, if something happens to me, fine. But as long as they're safe, that's my number one priority. I love that, man. You know, my, um, one of my, my, I guess kind of my nephew now, Dylan, uh, when he was like younger, man, we started bringing him down to jujitsu, started getting him down to Ray Longos to do some kickboxing and stuff. And then he started wrestling in high school. And, you know, now he's just a, a big, strong kid with that, with that background. But I, what I thought was awesome was, I think it was, I don't know, maybe it was like 13, 14, but a bunch of kids were like, Hey, we're going to take your bike. We're going to take you this. We're going to take you that, whatever it was. And he was like, well, you're, you're going to have to. And they were kind of like, ah, uh, and then they went and they found somebody else, you know? And it was just that thing of like, the, it, it reminded me of the Mr. Miyagi thing of like, you learn how to fight. So, you know, you don't have to fight. And now you have this alarm system where like the bullies kind of go, well, you know, maybe we could break into this house, but there's this whole alarm system here now. So let's just yeah. go to the house next door where we can just get in no problem. And I think like when you're, it's like your first confrontation in life and that's how you handle it, it speaks volumes about, you know, cause that's like bullies and stuff like at, at that level, that's all they want. They don't actually want to do anything. They just like, they don't really want to lose. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, ah, a little yeah. bit different, man. And that's great too. Like your point, I got, you know, started young. I have a nine-year-old who's doing jiu-jitsu tournaments and he started out doing crop. And it's not like I want him to be the baddest kid on the block. I want him to protect himself when bullies come, right? I mean, you know, self-defense courses and any kind of martial arts teaches respect. You know, if they ever use anything that they know out in the street as a bully, there's repercussions. And it's pretty hardcore because that's not what we're teaching in the kids. You know, a lot of people look at me as like, oh, your kid's in fighting. Oh, that's such a bad thing. And da 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 I said, well, I can guarantee you this. My kid's not going to get picked on. Um, he, he's got the tools and I, and I think that, and that's a, a chapter in my book, I think it's a huge disservice and it's our responsibility as parents to teach our kids. We teach them how to have manners at a restaurant, how to talk to adults, all these other things, the tools that when they grow up, they'll have, right? Why wouldn't we teach them how to defend themselves, right? Because our my biggest fear is my kids at you know, surf camp right now. Um, if something happens to them or a kid comes up and bullies them, you know, I hope I've done a good enough job and I'm still working on it. We're still training. We're still fighting. But I hope I've given him enough tools to where he can say, hey, man, you know, I don't want to deal with this. You're not being cool, whatever. Then go talk to a, an you know, a, a surf camp instructor or whatever. And then, you know, last straw, take the kid down or whatever. Don't hurt him. Don't break his arm. But, you know, make sure that he knows that, hey, Kingston isn't the one to fuck with today. And, you know, he can come back to me. He's not going to get in trouble. We've, we've role-played this. We've done scenarios. He knows what is acceptable and he knows what's not. I mean, I don't tell him to go curb stomp a guy after he's, you know, there's, there's, there's just, there's protocol, right? And so I think starting him at a young age, just like we would everything, you know, he, he sits on my lap and we drive, right? I'm preparing him to drive. Um, we, we do tons of things, prepare him for life without us. And one of those things is fighting and learning self-defense skills and how to handle themselves. I love that, man. You know, and another thing that I think is important that people misunderstand is I, I think two things happen the more I learned how to fight and surround myself with people who knew how to fight way better than me. One was 
you know, you, you do get that level of respect and calmness. So you really don't find yourself in those situations anymore because the insecurities are just not there. There's no reason to prove anything. Like I walk into Mad Sarah's gym. I know I'm definitely not the best in the gym and I know I'm definitely not the worst in the gym and I'm totally fine with that. You know what I mean? So like, there's nothing to prove. It's like, I don't suck. And uh, there's uh, 50 people here that can easily kick my ass with no problem. So I know where I stand on the totem pole and I'm, I'm very comfortable with that. And it's always going to be like that. But the other part of that was, you know, looking at where people are and like thinking that now you have to fight things. I think it really, like you said, makes it okay to walk away. And I think that is a huge thing for really at the base level. It comes down to being able to stay calm and trust your instincts if you need them. But really the key comes to diffusing those situations and de-escalating them, which I think changes the game a lot. And I, you know, the tough guy of all tough guys is like Jocko Willink. And I, I actually trained with him out here in Chicago and when we were sitting there, he said, like, the reason he loves jujitsu, he's like, a guy wants to stand and box, I can run away. A guy wants to, like, shove, I can run away. A guy pulls out a gun or a knife, I run away. Like, pretty much any scenario you come in, I'm like, you would think his, like, the guy does this, I'm gonna, and he was going to pull some, like, Navy SEAL stuff where he, like, annihilates the guy and pulls some, like, crazy, you know, like, Jason Bourne stuff. But his answer to every scenario was... If there's a confrontation, I'm leaving. I'm leaving any way I can. I'm, I want the way I can make sure I win that situation is to not be in that situation, except for now the guy grabs me and I can't get away. Yeah. Now I can't run away. Now what do I do? And he's like, this is where jujitsu becomes so important. And, and I love like at the base of all these other things you can do, jujitsu comes down to, like you said, most fights end up on the ground. But when a guy keeps you close like that, Really now it's like, well, if I can't get away, what do I do to defend myself? And I think those reflexes and again, being able to just find those home bases, like I was just telling you earlier of like the first time I was, I was sparring and a guy got mount and started hitting me at mount. I was like, man, this sucks. And without even thinking it was like elbow escape, hip escape, like back to guard, control the posture. And I was like, holy crap, I'm so lucky Matt Sarah made me rep that back and forth 20 times every day for four years, because you just get back to the situation where you were like, if, you know, again, it's like muscle memory. Like now I'm back to a safe position where maybe I'm not hurting the guy, but if God forbid I'm in a, in a street or in an alley or something, I'm not getting hurt. The guy's not attacking anywhere else. And now somebody can come and like kind of take care of this. And I think just that initially is one of the things why I always, when people say, well, what should you train first? My go-to is always jujitsu. Yeah. And you, and look at how you said that, like most guys will walk around and think because they're conf uh, there's a confrontation they have to put the big peacock on. They have to like, oh, my friends are here. But if they've been in that, in the fight gym, the fight studios and realize that, man, like, you know, your pecking order, right? I'm not the baddest guy in my gym, but there's some guys below me, but there's no ego in there. And so any guy who doesn't train goes in there and thinks, oh, I gotta, I gotta step up because I gotta be the bad. And then bad shit happens, right? <laughs> but like me and you know, there's no shame in walking away from a fight. Even if the guy can call me whatever he wants, as long as he doesn't touch my wife and kid, most of the time I'm just like, all right, dude, whatever your, whatever your trip is, go have it another someone else. But if you don't, if you don't put yourself in uncomfortable situations like we do on the daily and constantly, and like you said, like you didn't even know it was in there, but you did that repetitive move that Sarah has taught you. And it's just like, that's what we need. That's what I'm trying to instill people is I get people telling me all the time, self-defense, oh, I'll just, I'll see red or I'll go crazy. I, that'll work for me. And I asked him, I said, well, how many times have you seen red? How many times have you gone crazy? Like, have you ever trained it? Like, whatever that code is, have you ever done it? No, I just know it's there. Oh, okay. Well, good luck doing that. If somebody comes in your house at two in the morning, 
good job seeing red and knowing, okay, if you have a weapon, a lot of people say this too, I have a Smith & Wesson or I have a Glock. Well, that's great. Have you trained using it? Have you trained to get that gun at 2 a.m. in the morning? Do you know where your kid's room is? Like, have you run these scenarios? Because I can guarantee you some color, some make-believe color you think you're going to see is not going to save you unless you've put in the repetition in, unless you, you know, like you said, the muscle memory, like, right, I've, I've done so much shit that, you know, I might, I might be a white belt in jujitsu on the, the gi, but I've been so many of those positions that I'm like, oh, and, and when I had that tournament, you know, I was overthinking things and I just went back to the basics. I'm like, well, shit, I used to do this hip check. Like, I, I don't need a, a technical breakdown of it. I just used to do this all the time. And so I did it and I got him in a position and I'm like, all right, but only because I've done that thing a thousand times, right? I'm not relying on some color to save my ass. I'm not relying on me going Tasmanian devil. I'm relying on me putting the blood, sweat, and tears for the last 20 years. And hopefully if that day ever, not hopefully, but I, if that day ever comes, hopefully I will rely on that and be able to handle the situation. But people just thinking that they're going to see a color or somehow eat some spinach and be Popeye is laughable. It's sad, but it's laughable because I mean, unfortunately, bad things are going to happen to those people. And that's what I want to get to those people before uh, I was talking about the other day. I'm selling something that people don't know they need, right? It's kind of like life insurance. You're like, or any kind of insurance, you know, I'm paying a premium or whatever. And why am I paying this? Oh, the earthquake came. That's why I'm paying it. Just destroyed my house or fire insurance. So I'm, I'm selling something that says, hey, you may never need it. And that's awesome if you don't, but God forbid you do need it. I can get on it, be proactive now, because now is the time to sharpen those skills. Now is the time to put the repetition in. Now is the time to give up a week and do a tactical course. And that's my, my whole point is do it now before you become a victim, because you might not be not, not, you might not survive the attack, right? Worst case scenario, you die. Now we're, we're talking at your funeral or if something bad happens and then you go to a fight studio and you're, you're scared of everybody because now you've been attacked, don't wait for that time. Get into a fight studio now or a gym or reach out to me or Nick, somebody who knows and can guide you because not everybody's going to be in our area. And I understand that, but we can help you along the way. Any, any course we can. I mean, anybody in the community is, is super giving and that's what I'm here for is to help people along their journey. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesale, and fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com. Go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. That's awesome, man. You know, going back a second to seeing red, Anybody who thinks that that's going to help them, like that's actually what somebody as a fighter would want somebody to do because we know all that's doing is blowing all their energy in 15 to 30 seconds. You know, that's why I remember there was this fight in college and it was like a hardcore fight 
And after about a minute, somebody was like, would somebody call the damn cops? I'm exhausted. And it was like, you can't keep that pace. Like there's yeah. a reason UFC guys, they try and talk shit and get into each other's heads because they want them to quote unquote, see red, because now you're not thinking clearly, you're not thinking logically and your energy bar goes, and now yeah. you're in a worse scenario. So if anything, it's like, seeing seeing red is what the intruder probably wants because they just know now they just got to wait a minute until you're gone like it's a sprint you can't sprint for 10 minutes and it's just it's just craziness but uh, transitioning to the savage syndicate group now so talk a little bit about kind of like what the basis is what made you start that what kind of levels are there because they know that there's a group that people can be part of that you put out content and you kind of have like uh facebook pages for but then also it looks like there's advanced levels where guys can come out and actually train with you and get put in different scenarios and situations and stuff so talk a little bit about the uh the birth of that and the formation of kind of where it is today yeah so we are in yourself and i are in a mastermind group and we all try to add value right there's a, a big you know a lot most of them are in real estate uh, I am not in real estate, but uh, I something popped up and, and Mark, the guy who runs it, said something about this and that. And I, I could add value because it was something about being attacked in the streets. And so I added value. I said, hey, this is what this and this and this and that. And then somebody had a question and I just parlayed it because I get excited about it. It's one of my passions. And, you know, and so I just kind of went and went and went. And I said, oh, sorry, Mark, I'm hijacking your meeting. He says, no, keep going. You're adding value. So I just kept talking about basic things. When you walk out of your house, what you can do, tactical parking, not walking with your head down on your phone, basic stuff that to me is common knowledge, things that I've done most of my life to keep me safe. Um, and I just started sharing that. And so a lot of the guys afterwards in the group said, hey man, that was, that was so valuable. Can we get offline and we can talk? And then I said, yeah, yeah. And a lot of them were saying, you need to start something. I would pay money to do that. I'm like, well, okay. If I can make money off my passion, all the better. So I, I started the Savage Syndicate Group. Um, and with that, it's a monthly thing um, similar to Mark's. And you we, we have Zoom calls. There's tons of content, digital content in there. There's tutorials. Um, I have Zoom meetings with, with high elite protectors. Uh, I have had, so far, I've had uh, TJ that you know, ex, a former Army Ranger. I've had a pararescue. And what's awesome about these guys that I have in the group, I have them on for one reason. And then there's so many, when I start talking to these guys, there's so many badass things that they have done. I'm like, holy shit, like, this is awesome. So we have high level guys. We have ex-MMA fighters in there. Um, we have elite trainers in there, personal trainers. We have MMA trainers. We have a whole level of guys in there that you guys can use as resources. So one thing that I found out in this mastermind group is it's not just Mark, who's the badass individual. He runs the whole thing. Everybody in there is so giving of their time, their knowledge, their expertise, and so we just bounce ideas off each other. And that's what the Savage Syndicate group is, but based around self-protection, tactical training. Um, I want to gear it towards um, introducing the average person, right? My avatar is the successful business person who is crushing it in the business world. They're driving fancy cars. They're going on exotic trips. They have, you know, it's, they're, they're great people and they've really leveled up in business. But my, my goal is to inspire them to become hard to kill, right? Because what good is having all this fancy stuff and, and great accolades if you walk out of the street with your family and somebody says, now it's my shit and rob you. And you don't have this, you didn't see it coming, right? Because not every attack, self-defense isn't just putting your hands up and fighting or running or it's spotting danger before it comes. So I walk these guys through how to stay safe and basically become hard to kill. Um, Self-awareness. Um, that's one aspect of it. That's what you'll get in the group. You have access to the private Facebook group, again, where 
everybody's uh, talking and, and, and uh, networking. And then the courses came about because I can't be everywhere, right? If you're in Idaho, I'm not going to do the Mr. Miyagi training where do a jab or a cross a thousand times and then get back to me. I don't want to be that guy. That's not what I'm interested in. And I don't think that's really valuable because who knows if Bob Smith down the street is going to do that. I don't think that's a way to train. But what I can do is have you come here to South, uh, Southern California and I'll run you through two days, right? We'll do a, a day and a half of physical contact stuff, right? We'll spar. We'll do the basic stuff that I've learned and, and I've been taught. And I'm going to open that up to people. So if you, you come down here, we'll pick a date, you come down here. And I'm going to have every, every resource that I use, MMA fighters, uh, jiu-jitsu, black belts, uh, Muay Thai guys. We're going to go to my gym and they're all in there day and day or day after day. I'm, I'm going to access and give that to you guys, right? So I'm going to do the one-on-one -on -one personal training. We're going to have the uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu guys come in, uh, everything that I just mentioned. And then the, uh, the goal eventually is to have seminars. Um, we'll, we'll make this a traveling band thing. We'll, we'll go to like Salt Lake City and say, hey, we're going to be here at this certain date, two days, right? Come down here. And we all go to masterminds. We were all just in Cleveland. And it was awesome. You learned so much. But mine is going to be, yeah, you're going to learn some stuff from these speakers, but we're also going to put the mouthpiece in and we're going to get a little nasty, right? That could be a great time for people to get punched in the face for the first time. And not violently. It's not like two men enter, one man leave. It's all going to be controlled. It's all going to be learning and adding value to these people who want to come back home and then take it to the next level. Like the guy, Mike, said, I said, what's your goal? He says, I want to learn what you know, right? Obviously, I can't learn everything in two days, but I want to build a foundation so when I go back home, I know where to search it out for. I know what I'm looking for. I know what aspects I need to improve on. And that's the goal is, right? You come to me, I'll give you all the training and all the, the basics. And then you go back to your home and you're inspired to keep pushing it, to keep elevating your training and all that. Another part of that course is, and I thought this was a huge selling point. Uh, I surf, my, we all, my family, my, my wife and I, or my son surf. That's a huge aspect of my life, right? So one day we're going to do all physical stuff. We're going to train. We're going to roll. We'll do all that. Second day is going to start out with training and rolling. Then we go to the shooting range. The third day, I'm going to get you standing up on a surfboard, which I thought was a huge bonus. A lot of people are saying, yeah, but there's sharks. I don't want to have anything to do with the water. So the third day is optional. If you want to surf, you can come on down and we can uh, get you in the water and standing up on a surfboard too. But apparently there are sharks out in the water. Um, <laughs> people didn't want to bite on that one too much. No pun intended, but. Yeah, so that's where the Savage Syndicate is right now. Um, if you want to become a member, it's $50 a month. And I always tell people, you know, you're not paying for what's in the group. You're paying for the people who aren't because we don't have people in there, you know, not adding value, not doing things. And it's just, it weeds out the bullshit, right? Because if you you have a little bit invested in $50, I mean, I don't want to sound cliche, but what is that, like three copies now? At this time? <laughs> um, so it's $50 a month. Um, and then the courses, well, we can go over pricing. You can go to savagesyndicategroup.com and be, be a member there. And then I'm getting the courses. The courses aren't all finalized yet, uh, but they'll be out soon. And we're just going to hit the ground running because the whole goal is to inspire the average person to be hard to kill, which parlays right into the books coming out soon. I'm, I went with Mike Fallett and we got the book called Hard to Kill, and that'll be coming out soon as well. Nice. Um, yeah, nice. That's, that's, that's it in a nutshell. How? Because inspiring the average person to become hard to kill.
I love that, man. It's funny that they're uh, they're scared of the sharks in the water, but they have way more sharks on the land that they need to be scared of. You know, it's a, it's a whole other thing. But, you know, I think that that, again, plays into the misconceptions of like my buddy Jeremy Black that's out there. I got to introduce you to him, but big time surfer guy. And, and when I said the same thing, like sharks, it was like, dude, the amount of other things that could really mess you up and kill you there, like the the currents and the this and the that and getting hit with your own board is like, it's really... You know, it's a thing, but it's really not the thing. Like the thing you're scared at is there's all, there's other boogeymen out there that you should really be scared of in the water. So it's kind of crazy. Kind I got of- that. Somebody told me about sharks and they said, well, there's a lot more land sharks than, that you have to worry about than the sharks in the water. The sharks in the water just, you know, they, they'll see you and usually go the other way. But the people on the predators on land are a lot more fierce than the, uh, the ones in the water. But like you said, and I'm not selling my thing really well, but there's jellyfish, there's stingrays, there's, sea- <laughs> there's so much shit. sharks are the least of your problem. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Actually, a kid I went to high school with um, last year got attacked by a great white in Santa Barbara. It was like all over the news. Snoop Dogg was talking about it on the Shark Week and stuff. It was, it was crazy, man. It's like, it does happen. But I mean, how many people do you really know that it happened to, you know? Well, give me in contact with that guy. I want to have him on my podcast. Yeah, yeah, I'll link you up with him for sure. I'll, I'll shoot you over the article. I'll definitely do an intro. That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, the thing is, and I, I mean, again, this is cliche, but they when they bite you, they think you're a seal. Once they realize you're not, they move on. But if a great white bites you, um, probably not going to be like a poodle biting you, right? You're going to have a big chunk missing somewhere. So hopefully your buddy's okay. He is. Yeah, he's okay. He's okay. And I, I hadn't talked to him in a long time. I just know him and his brother kind of, you know, social media, see what it is. And it was like, wow, holy crap, man, that's, that's crazy. So don't know him all that well, but went to school with him forever. So I was uh, glad to see that he's okay and, uh, and doing well, which is probably not always the case when a great white bites your leg. Yeah, unfortunately out here, there was a case where uh, there's a woman was with her boyfriend surfing and she got hit, she got hit hard. And it wasn't because <laughs> the shark was looking for her. The shark was chasing the seal and just got her. Um, and it was, unfortunately, she was at, there's a place that we surf that's surrounded by a Camp Pendleton, a Marine base. And there were medics, she was surfing in front of the barracks. So there was medics right there. Otherwise she wouldn't have lived, but uh, it's, it's, it's a mistaken identity that, you know, we're especially wearing wetsuits that make us look like, we're not doing ourselves any favors. We look like seals out there. We look like big seals, um, but like, I just live my life, right? If I, I've been in car accidents, I'm not gonna stop driving. Um, I've, I've, I've had tons of injuries fighting. I'm not going to stop fighting. Um, you just got to live your life. Right. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. I get you, so, man. So if you don't want that third day, cause I just, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll fight and shoot more. So talking about the podcast now, um, a little bit about, I know you've had some like big guests on there and you know, Chris Lieben and Ian McCall and all kinds of different guys, man. Talk a little bit about that, how that came together and some of the, the things that you've learned and the way that that's inspired you or helped you grow. Yeah, so that one, I, I give credit to my wife because I, I'm a huge surfer. I've been surfing most more than half my life since I was 10 years old. I'm 47 now, so do the math because I'm not good at math. <laughs> I've been surfing that long. Uh, my son surfs. It's, it's, it's part of me. And my other passion was fighting, right? I'm always fighting and doing that stuff. I watch UFC. I watch the, the, fight, uh, the surf contest. And to me, that was just it, right? It was my two passions. And she said, why don't you start a podcast where you talk about both those things? Okay, that's kind of an aha moment. So I got the podcast going. It's called the Savage Waterman Pod- Podcast. I started out interviewing surfers and fighters. Um, and then kind of like the Joe Rogan thing where anybody who can add value and I find interesting topics, um, I ask them to come on. And people ask me, well, how did you reach out to them? 
like Chris Lieben. I didn't know him. Um, I just slid into his DMs. Hey, I got a podcast and this and that. And then I, I found that the, the fighters are more receptive than the surfers, which is, all, you know, random because you think being laid back guys, they wanted me to talk to their manager. They wanted to know how much I was going to pay him. I said, my man, you get a shock and a smile. That's all you're getting from me. <laughs> um, so then I started getting invested. I, I got connected with Mark. I had Mark Evans on. Um, I just had really interesting guys that I want to talk to, right? And I don't have anybody on there that is, um, you know, like, oh, here we go, hit record, and here we got to go. I have great guys. You've been a guest. Um, it's, it just, it's fun to me. And I love reaching out. And because I'm usually, I might not get this out of this podcast, but I'm usually pretty quiet and reserved. I'm not the go talkative one and start going. My wife calls me a social butterfly when we're out. I don't get it. But, <laughs> but this has really opened up a whole new level that I get great conversations with great people who can add value. And um, the message one to many is something that I take heart with. And um, yeah, it's just, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it, you starting a podcast would add value to you and be so enjoyable, but it is to me. I've done about 40. I think you're way ahead of that, but it just adds joy. Um, it's not a pain in the ass. I don't look like it is like, oh, I got to knock one out this week because I have to. It's always been something that I get to talk to great people. I get to learn more about their industry because like I said, it's never one thing. It's, it's just a gamut of uh, topics and it's just fun, interesting. It adds value to me. And yeah, it's a little work to edit, put the stuff together, but you know what? If, if it wasn't, you know what? Everything that is worth doing is, is going to take a little time and energy. So it's a Savage Waterman podcast. It's on YouTube. Um, I put it out through Buzzsprout, which then filters it to iTunes, Spotify, every place you can get uh, get podcasts at. That's where it's at. So yeah, it's been a blast. I love doing it. Who are some bucket list guests that you're looking to have on? You know, I wrote that down back in the day, and now I don't even know what that list is. But Kelly Slater for the surfers. I mean, that guy is... I don't know if you're familiar with surfing 11 time world champ. So he's like the Michael Jordan of, of surfing. Um, I've met him just, you know, he signed actually one of the hats back here. Kelly I was, I was wondering who, who that's, who that was signed by actually, right? To the DM. Yeah, so this, this is my brand, the happy beach vibe. I, I trademarked that shock there right there. Nice. Uh, and that's Kelly Slater. Uh, super cool. down to earth, um, really approachable. But if you listen to him and he's on a lot of things that I listen, he come in common he's still competing. Actually he's 50. And he's still competing at the highest level you can. Actually, today, if you got, well, I don't know when you're going to run this, but on August, whatever today, uh, well, I don't know if you want me to name the day. Today is Chopu, the event, and it's one of the biggest, gnarliest waves. It's in Tahiti, and they're going to start competition with the men today, and it's supposed to be big. And he's 50 years old, and he's competing in that. And he he's on my fantasy team. Um, but anyway, he is on my bucket list. Also, Jimmy Buffett. I'm a big parrot head. Um, not only is that guy a great singer and I grew up, my parents were in a sailing club and I grew up with that music. It really influenced me, but uh, see what that guy did with business and turn that, you know, just rocking out with a guitar, that pirate lifestyle and making that into uh, for billions of dollars, merchandising, licensing deals. Um, he has uh, Margarita Vills, the home, like he, he is a mastermind. He's a great guy. I would love to have him on. Um, never met him. Don't have any ties to him. So anybody out there knows Jimmy Buffett, tell him the Savage Waterman is looking for him. Um, yeah, I just, you know, those are my, the, the two big ones. Um, I like a lot of, I like music. So I like a lot of rock stars. I want Jack White, but you know, these are, these are the guys I'll probably never get, but Hey, I disagree. I think you keep pushing the way you are. You'll get them just a matter of when. 
never say never and if they don't i'll hunt them down and get them in an arm bar and say get on the damn podcast there you go there you go yeah i love that man and speaking of uh his margaritaville branding your brand happy beach five battle the shocker all that stuff what's going on with that i know you have clothing for men women children maybe dogs coming out soon i don't know you tell me yeah yeah so that's another passion project um came out and we you know when when you're in the fight game whatever picture you take you're always doing the fist right and then i got to an age where i'm like i have a kid i can't do fist and not so I just started throwing the shaka out, right? The shaka, if you ever go to Hawaii, um, there's an urban five, there's urban legends of how it started if you want them real quick. But uh, basically that just means everything's good. How you doing? You know, some people wave, some of it. So I just started doing that in every picture I did, right? And then I was like, you know what? Why don't I put on a shirt? Um, so I did a shirt. I trademarked that. So that's our logo. Uh, we do hats. We do shirts. We do beach towels. We do uh, everything you want because the goal was, you're out and about at the beach, right? And you forget something in your room. Don't go all the way to the room. Go to the uh, the gift shop in the in the hotel and pick up some Happy Beach Five gear. So we used to be in a lot of gift shops and a lot of hotels around the beaches, but uh, after COVID, nobody was shipping anything and a lot of things slowed down. So now it's an e-commerce brand, HappyBeachVibe.com, and you just go on there and it's my lifestyle. We live at the beach. We go to Cabo. We go to Mexico or um, Hawaii a lot. So it's something that is we're living it. We're living the beach lifestyle. And so it's just kind of step into our world. My wife, my wife and I, and my sons step into our world and live And it. The clothing is really soft. It's something that I, I wear. And that's how the brand started being a surfer. You're always coming out of the ocean and hundred percent cotton always sticks to you and it's real sticky and you don't want to hang out in it. Um, we do all tri blend. So it's super soft material. It's uh, a little stretchy. Uh, it, it's, it's stuff that I wear and that's why I created it. So I put a cool logo on it and, uh, yeah, it's happybeachvibe.com is where you can find it and love the support. Nice, man. That's awesome. And, and final, some, a couple of final things here. One, uh, shout out to Mark Evans where we met, man, that, that guy has been freaking awesome. I've met some incredible people and that event was freaking great, man. Shout out to Mike Seidel, who uh, you're going to be working with. Big fan of that guy, known him for a long time, but we also have a mutual friend that I did not know we both were friends with. Tom Atencio, former founder of Affliction. How do you know Tom? Oh, wow. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't that was a good one. So, <laughs> year, oh, whenever Affliction was, um, Josh Barnett was going to fight Fedor. And we, my wife and I, this was before our kid, and we were hanging out at bars. We went to a local, uh, which is now closed, but a White House out here in Laguna Beach. And he had flyers on, and I, I didn't even know who he was, right? He had flyers on the bar, all over the bar here. And I just sat down and I was looking at this. I'm like, oh, this thing is fixed. Cause there was a lot of talk about it was fixed because they were getting ready to, you know, they're having hard problems. And the guy next to me goes, why do you think it's fixed? I'm like, oh, Fader is going to kill Josh. Whatever my goofy opinion was at the time. And it turned out to be Tom. So we just sat <laughs> there and I looked at it and I'm like, where do I know this guy from? I had just watched the press conference of him on tv and i'm like wait a second you you run the whole thing he's like yeah i kind of do i'm like holy shit tom <laughs> we started talking i went up to his office he had over there in laguna um and we kind of went back and forth from there and now it turns out he fights over at uh, peaceful warrior he does muay thai with ian oh so, get out of here yeah so I, I ran into him again and i don't even think he would remember me but i i, I looked at him like where do i know that guy from I'm like it's tom and so we did Muay Thai together. I think he was there with his son, but uh, yeah, really, really good guy. And then actually that fight never happened because Josh Barnett um, came in hot. And so the whole, whole promotion 
clothes right then. That was the day before the fight and the whole thing went down, busted. Um, so that was, that's crazy. Like that. Yeah. I didn't know you knew him. Yeah, I know, I know Tom pretty well. And uh, what, uh, uh, the guy who introduced me to Tom is a best friend of Josh. So I've been trying to get Josh on the podcast and he linked me up out there with Eric Paulson. I did some trainings with Eric. I had Eric on a few times and that guy has been so cool, man. And so yeah. nice. But Barnett is a fucking savage, dude. He, I heard him do this uh, interview not that long ago when he was talking about like some guy who was kind of like shit talking him. And he was like, yeah, man, I was just going to like find him in a, in a restaurant and like close the door behind us in the bar and be like, Hey man, here I am. You're not getting out of here. I'm going to freaking tear you apart, like piece by piece. And I was like, Jesus, like, freaking, yeah, the guy, like, like yeah. he's just a, like another level of like, that guy's just a freaking to bring it full circle. That dude is like a savage. You want nothing to do with that guy attacking you in a bar. Like, and I think, uh, Brian Callen, another guy on my podcast, he was saying, I don't know if he heard it or he was there somewhere, but this is like exactly the kind of things you're talking about that like five guys tried to corner Josh outside like a bar one time. And they were like, yo, we're going to beat your ass. And he was like, you better go get more friends first. And they were like, <laughs> and like ran away. And they were like, oh, no, it's this guy. Cause you could just tell the guy means that it's like, this is not going to be, you, you're going to need double the guys you got right now. Or it's going to be long night. And they're like, yeah. it's, it's just that whole thing of like, mm, I'm going to go find somebody else to go pick on. So Tom, Jensen, shout out to him, man. I'm going to have him on the podcast soon. Actually. I, I, I owe him a phone call for sure. Yeah, but you know what's cool about Josh is like you know the badass he is. He listens to like death metal, but when he's on like the Rogan podcast, he's super articulate. He's well spoken, oh, yeah. and he's deep. Like whatever interests him, he goes deep into it. I'm like, holy shit, this guy is like super intelligent. Yeah, he, he's one of my favorite people to listen to on podcasts because he's so intelligent and so articulate. And even yeah. like he, he's kind of like, but he's not boring either. Like he's very nerdy, which you wouldn't expect, but he's funny at the same time. Like I remember when he was fighting. Uh, Frank Mir, another guy, amazing jujitsu. And he was like, Josh is going to want nothing to do with going to the ground. I mean, he was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be the biggest mistake I've ever made in my entire life. <laughs> yes. yeah. His yeah. delivery is funny, man. You know, so I uh, respect to those guys too, man. But in closing, sir, so what can what can we do to help you? How can our audience find you? Talk all the ways we can connect with your brand, your podcast, your groups, and everything, everything involving savage life with you and anything connected to Josh Brisbane, the man, the myth, and the legend. Yes. Well, thank you. First off and first and foremost for having me on here. You can go to savagesyndicategroup.com. There you can join and, and learn a little bit more about what, what, what I'm doing there. Uh, my Instagram is Josh Brisbane, official Josh Brisbane. Um, I, I have happy beach vibe or on Instagram as well. But when the mastermind, we, we talked to a high level social media guy, Austin Rutherford, Rutherford, and he said, combine them all. So I'm trying to work on getting rid of all the other Instagrams and funneling them to Josh Brisbane. So that's where you can find me there. And uh, the Savage Syndicate group is, is really what I'm pushing right now. Happybeachvibe.com to get the, the apparel. And like he mentioned earlier, that's my yin and yang. The fighting is Savage Syndicate group. I'll teach you to be a savage, help you become hard to kill because I think everybody in the freaking who wakes up in the morning needs to learn some basic skills. And then when you're ready to go to the beach after fighting all day, you can go to happybeachvibe.com, get some cool apparel and hang out with a maybe an umbrella drink and just relax and chill in some happy beach vibe gear. I love that, man. Well, you, sir, bring your A-game to everything you do. This interview has been no different. I appreciate you bring your A-game to this talk. Any final thoughts before I let you go? Uh, just thank you, Nick. And also, real quick, you introduced me when we were at that mastermind group and went and rolled with uh, Pablo. And that was a great experience. So I appreciate and thank you for that. Uh, once you open yourself up to the fight community, nothing but great things can happen. So again, Nick, thank you for that. And thank you for having me on the podcast today.
It was a pleasure, my friend. And now shout out what we're talking about. It's Pablo Castro. He is the jiu-jitsu trainer for the famous Deepa Miocic. Guy is just a badass dude and uh, got me some good rolling over time, came down, met us, and he's just a class act and a very great jiu-jitsu coach and very great human being. So if you were in the Cleveland area, definitely check out Pablo Castro and Strong Style MMA. And let's go, Stipe. I heard he just signed a fight uh, for an interim title with John Jones at heavyweight. So it should be a great time, man. That'll be a good battle. I'll be watching that one. Awesome, my friend. Well, you have a great day. Looking forward to sharing the match with you soon. Josh Richman, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Nick. See you soon.